Thanks for joining us today on the NateHoldridge.com podcast. Hey, today we're exploring the concept of godly wisdom. Time and time again, throughout the Proverbs, we learn that godly wisdom always leads to a victorious life. And in our conversation today, Pastor Nate is going to talk to us about how this godly wisdom overcomes ungodly strength. So again, thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. I thought we could do a get to know Nate question to get this conversation started. Are you uh, are you up for that? It's like I'm family feud right now. Yeah, I'm surprised you're asking permission. I just want to let you know like, what's like happening ask. for a moment. <laughs> Seems like you're always doing a get to know Nate <laughs> question without asking me. <laughs> just throw you right in the ringer. No, but how do you teach your children about scripture at home? We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what are you doing right now? They're a little older. What's your method for doing that? Yeah. I try to do a couple of, so I, I kind of like will split it up into thirds. So like two thirds of the time that I, at, at like breakfast time, I'll just still yeah. do a picture Bible, even though they're older. Oh yeah. Cause they're just like the visual helps. That? And so like right now we're going through acts and I'll just do like an episode and I'll read it to them. But because I like the book of acts and I've, taught it a lot i'm able to like talk to them about a bunch of bonus material you know and really kind of break down like what was happening there what was going on yeah exactly and then the other third of the time and probably the one they don't like as much is i'll pick (laughs) a book of the bible and go through it verse by verse yeah with them and for those sessions, which don't happen as frequently because it's just a little more laborious for right. them to get out their Bibles totally. and like have them open. But for those ones, we'll read through like a whole like paragraph and then I'll explain it to them. That's cool. And then we'll read the next paragraph and we'll like take turns, you know, like I'll read then the person to my left, to their left, oh, to their left. Yeah. So it comes back to me and we'll read through the section and then I'll just explain it a little bit. And then I know I said third, so it'd be like two thirds would be the picture Bible. One third would be what I just described, but also one of my favorite jams. So now this is going into fourth territory. So maybe half the time, the first one yeah, um, is Proverbs of the day. Hmm. Yeah. So proverb of the day is at breakfast time. Again, not every time, not every time we get together, but this is one of my favorites. I'll just open up to the chapter in Proverbs that corresponds to that date right. on the calendar. So if it's right. April 14th, I open up to Proverbs 14. Got to be kind of careful with this because there are some <laughs> gnarly chapters in Proverbs. But I'll open it up and then I'll say, okay, uh, June, pick a verse. Hmm. And she'll just be like, 17. And so then I'll read Proverbs 14, verse huh. 17. And then I'll explain it to them, you know, like this is what it means and this is how it applies to your lives. And I try to drop some dad wisdom. Oh, yeah. What a great opportunity for that. And so then I'll let each one of them pick, you know, like a number for Mm. that day. Yeah. I love that. It's fun for me. (laughs) Yeah. for The Bible teacher just loves it. Oh, I'm sure they dig that, man. It's cool to hear. Hey, today we're talking about godly character and how it beats ungodly strength. 
I loved this article, man. You sprung again from the book of Proverbs. I've been loving these Proverbs articles you've been writing. But you're from Proverbs 21, 22. Too bad today's not the 21st. That could be like the proverb of the day. Maybe it will be release day, so don't speak. That's true. Okay, maybe for you, whenever you're listening to this. (laughs) But uh, Nate, what does Proverbs 21, 22 tell us about godly character and ungodly strength? Yeah, so the proverb says, A wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down the stronghold in which they trust. Mm. So the idea there is that this wise person has figured out a way to scale a city. It's called the city of the mighty and they bring down the stronghold that the mighty are trusting in. Hmm. The The concept though, that I was trying to bring out in the proverb was that all throughout the Proverbs wisdom mm-hmm. is seen as something that flows from godliness So this isn't just a proverb saying, hey, if you're intelligent and you have good strategies, then you're going to be successful. Mm -hmm. In the Proverbs world, you know, where it was the nation of Israel, you're dealing with King Solomon, the good version, you know, and all of that. In that world, the idea was if someone's wise, it's because they've been godly. It's flowed from godly character. And so God has shown them how to live. God's shown them wisdom. They have become wise by getting into the word of God. God's Mm. word has made them wise. They're not the fool who's resisted God's word, Mm. but they are wise because they've accepted God's word. So what I was trying to do with this little, you know, short little Devo blog post was to say uh, that the you know the modern church we have a huge foe in front of us we live oh, in yeah. this very confusing world right yes now, you know? right and it's a it's a chaotic world people are searching for answers uh i mean years ago it used to be that one method of evangelism mm-hmm. was an attractional kind of method you know where uh, churches or groups would, you know, h- hold some kind of event and attract people to come to it. Yeah. And then that would be like the way to introduce the gospel, you know, into people's lives. And there still are, of course, you know, some remnants of that attractional model mm-hmm. still alive today. Even in our own church, there are times where we yeah. have tried to use, you know, I don't think very significant, but some slight versions of an attractional yeah. concept Absolutely. to try to draw people in to be able to have an audience with them. But the reality is like, for the most part, those days are done. Yeah. You know, like that, if it was ever all that effective, it's not all that effective anymore. Yeah. And we're in this wild, you know, cultural moment and, and time. Yeah. And you know, where, where there's like, you know, there, there have maybe been other eras where it felt like there's this big hurdle to believing the gospel. And it's Mm -hmm. just, you know, it's just the gospel itself, you know, but now it feels like there's these concentric circles around the gospel that it's like, okay, first there's this hurdle, like there's a God. Okay. We need to deal with that. And then there's Mm -hmm. the next hurdle of like, well, where do you guys stand on like, human sexuality and there's that hurdle and for each individual person there could be 
all these different concentric circles of layers of Mm -hmm. layers of barriers that you know and that's just from our vantage point it looks like you know there's all these barriers i don't know that there's any more barriers now than there were before (laughs) yeah you know i think god has always looked into a human heart and he's seen the different layers Mm. that are of hardness or or rebellion or sin or you know that have kept people from believing in him and trusting in him so i don't think he's up in heaven scratching his head you know feeling like this is just a new era and i don't know what to do with it (laughs) you know that's not it for him you know the gospel blew up it exploded in that kind of environment you know right in in jerusalem and judea where it was you know a pretty similar mentality and mindset to the Christian mindset. Just, it was kind of like a Christian mindset minus the gospel in a lot of ways. Right. Right. Uh, it did okay there, but it really did well throughout the Roman empire where people were thinking mm-hmm. backwards, uh, backwards thoughts about lots of different subjects oh, yeah. and things. Right. So there was a thirst mm-hmm. there because all of those ideologies and philosophies had come up empty in people's lives. So anyways, tangential thought. I don't think the Lord is, you know, worried about it. But from our vantage point, it might sometimes feel like, man, that's a stronghold. Yeah. That's a mighty city. How in the world Hmm. are we going to do anything? How can we reach people? How can we really help them come to to know the Lord and and see his love and truth? and You know, get to know Christ and be set free from bondage and see their minds you know restored and renewed yeah we want that yeah you know all those beautiful Mm. things how in the world can that happen and so this proverb you know it kind of feels like well the the wise man so it's but what i'm trying to say is it's not just through good strategy we can do something about it it's wisdom that flows from holiness amen godliness and when we are you know, holy and godly and his light and love is flowing out of our lives. That does make a difference right? in our impact, in our mm. ability to scale the city of the mighty and bring down the stronghold in which mm. they trust. It's got something to do with it. It's not yeah. the only thing. I'm not one of these guys who says like, just, you know, just love everybody. And then someday they're just going to come to you and say like, I don't know who you are. But you've got to tell me about the gospel because I want to believe whatever you tell me. I mean, right, we, we have right. to open up our mouths and Amen, declare man. the truth and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, be winsome, you know, and all those things. But our personal walk in holiness is important. We cannot overlook it. Oh, for sure. I love how you said it in the article. You said it so succinctly. You said character matters. Character really matters. And I'd love to ask you about character for a moment as we're kind of approaching just like the fortress that is modern society. Mm -hmm. But uh, you said that you cannot separate methodology from morality or intentionality from integrity. I love how you said that. I was hoping you kind of unpack that statement for us and tell us how this is important for the development of godly character, especially in a world that is um, full of a lot of lies and full of a lot of misconceptions and distractions. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a big part of this is that what people really need is not our strategy, but they need us. They need our love. They need our character. Uh, They need not to 
just come to a well organized, you know, church, although I'm not, you know, against organization. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, if, if anything, I, I hate disorganization, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it just feels wasteful to me. Uh, but you can have a highly organized, you know, dialed kind of community and experience. But, you know, when people come and they arrive, what they really need is they need to be loved. They mm. need to be cared for. They need yeah. to be listened to. They need to know that this is a place where people are wanting to know them and to hear from mm -hmm. them and to speak with them. That's just an example of how our own character, our own personal holiness and walk mm. with the Lord will impact a person's oh, life. Yeah, you know? for sure. Um, obviously, you know, there's the big issues and the big things that it's that, uh, where it's basically hypocrisy, you mm. know, that somebody is able to see in our lives. And that's just such a turnoff. I know of no culture or generation <laughs> or worldview mm. where hypocrisy is a celebrated yeah. thing. You know, it's like, nobody likes it. Nobody admires it. Um, and it's everywhere. Yeah, it's not just in the church. It's everywhere. It really is. People yeah. are hypocritical everywhere. Um, but so, you know, there's that. We want to make sure that we're actually living the way that we preach and yeah. speak. And, you know, there's the temptation with that to create a hyper legalistic kind of environment where we're where we because we don't want to be hypocrites, we almost will like become hypocritical mm. because we're trying to put on this like yeah, air yeah. that I really am who I say I am kind of yeah. thing. But you just kind of have to dial it back and you have to realize, no, what you say you are is a person that is redeemed, covered by the blood of Christ, forgiven by the Lord, a work in progress. Yeah. So you have to present yourself like that. Like I haven't mm. arrived, I'm still growing. That doesn't mean that I'm going to excuse any of my sin. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to catch me saying stuff like, well, everybody sins. Like, don't talk like that. Yeah. That doesn't matter to the person that you just sinned against. Totally. It might be true, but it is no excuse mm -hmm. for anything. But instead, you know, have this humble spirit that says, you know, I'm trying to grow. I just blew it there. Would you yeah. forgive me? You know, that wasn't right. That's unbefitting of what I even claim to mm. believe and be about, you know, those kind of things are beautiful. They're oh, attractive. Yeah. They're disarming, you know, in mm. a lot of ways. So, and I think Jesus, he was that way. He, he disarmed people. He was beautiful to, to be around very holy, mm. you know, as holy as it gets, but, um, you know, just had this attractiveness because of a consistency, you know, within his heart. So, mm. I love that. Yeah, I just, I think there's a lot of good strategies out there, but one that we can't neglect is holiness. Yeah, I love that you just mentioned love and consistency too. That is so good for a reputable character. Mm -hmm. So good. You close the article talking about holiness, like you just mentioned, and you uh, briefly touched about this story with Aiken and Ananias and share how their example illustrates the importance of personal holiness. Can you tell us about this story and tell us what it teaches us about holiness? Yeah. Well, they're two different stories, the story of Achan and Ananias. And the short of it is that they both died. 
Um, yeah, unfortunately. Look, they both they both were alive at, at unique eras in God's economy. Right. And what I mean by that is that they both were around at the new beginning yeah. of something fresh that God was doing. And whenever God does a new beginning, whether it was like the giving of the Mosaic Law or like for Achan coming into the promised land, mm-hmm. or uh, for Ananias, the birth of the church, all these new eras in God's redemptive history, uh, there's usually an event where somebody dies for some kind of hypocrisy right. or some kind of sin. Yeah. It's not that everybody in that era is going to die for hypocrisy. Praise be to Jesus. <laughs> Seriously. It's just that. So, so it's not that God is always going to respond that way to hypocrisy, mm. but it's so that everybody in that era can know that's how God always feels. Yeah, it's good. About that hypocrisy. So Achan, his big sin was that God had, when he said, when you guys go into the promised land, the first city, all the spoils belong to me mm-hmm. don't take them stuff later you can have that but not the first city and but he couldn't do it and he stole some stuff for himself right. from jericho it was a a wedge of gold and a babylonian garment that he, he's like hit he it buried under his, in his yeah. tent yeah it's like where, where were you gonna go sporting a babylonian <laughs> garment you know like <laughs> a fresh jacket oh yeah aiken where'd you get that <laughs> Made it, ordered it on e- on eBay, <laughs> uh, and then Ananias. His big sin was that he saw people being really generous in the church right. by selling land and giving the proceeds to the apostles, and he liked the way that those people were treated. They were kind of being mm-hmm. celebrated, and he wanted to be seen as that kind of generous person. So even though he didn't have to give anything, yeah, he gave part of the proceeds of a land sale but said that it was all of it that was his sin not that he gave part that was fine he didn't have to give any he could have given part he could have given the whole thing but his sin was that he gave part and said it was the whole thing and god struck him and then later his wife because she was complicit in the crime yeah so yeah that's those are the stories uh there are ways of god saying i think very loudly Look, I'm trying to do stuff here on earth. I'm trying to work through you guys. You know, I'm trying to scale the city of the mighty. Amen. And bring yeah. down the stronghold in which they trust. But here's a really big enemy hmm. from, to keep you from that. And this really big enemy is this hypocrisy. So I want that to be dealt with. I want you guys to be godly, you know, and holy. Yeah. And I, I, I should point out, I mean, these are like, these are these are not with Aiken and Ananias. Yeah. They're not these like very nuanced, you know, sins right. that they're engaged in. You know, because I think sometimes we can hear that like hypocrisy, you know, it's dangerous and stuff like that. And I mean immediately I you could just kinda of go into your own heart oh, and you yeah. start thinking about like, oh man, like there's just some stuff I need to deal with, you know. Yeah. And you you, you kind of it's like you don't even know what it is. You just know that there's stuff in there. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, like yeah. oh man. I mean, with you. I just grew a lot last year and there were all these things the Lord mm. pointed out in my character, so I'm sure there's a lot more. He's gonna point out in the next year things I'm not even aware of yeah, that someone right. else is gonna help me see, you know, perspectives that I've held on to that are not right, you know 
just different things like that. And we can think like that is what it is, you know? Yeah. No, these were really clear. Like <laughs> you totally crossed the line and yeah. you knew what you were doing. Yeah. You persisted in it. You were in rebellion against God mm. kind of sins. Yeah. So that's what I'm, t- I'm talking about. Totally. Cause I don't want, you know, I don't want everybody all paranoid. Yeah. Thinking about all these, like see these things they don't even know about in their character or anything. That's good. And wrapping this up, Nate, talking about holiness, what what would you say to somebody who wants to pursue a life of holiness? Somebody who's just like, I want I want to have this wisdom. I want to be holy. I want to have this character that God would be just glorified in. What are what are ways to move forward in that? Invite somebody who is holy into your life. Mm. That's the best thing I, I think you can do. I, I mean, the best. I'm kind of thinking about that for a second. It's a really great thing <laughs> that you top can three, do. top two. Yeah, uh, because and what I mean by invite is not come over for a barbecue, be my friend. I'm uh, what I mean is invite them to help inspect your life. Amen. Let them ask yeah. you questions. Let them know how you spend your money, how you spend your nights, how you spend your time, how you spend your life, how you do everything in your life. Let them know all that, and then let them talk. Invite them to speak, invite them to share with you, invite them to teach you and explain to you what they see, areas you could grow, you know, stuff like that. I think that's probably one of the quickest ways to go about it. Thanks for joining us today in this conversation. For more articles and resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com and search the archives. All of his articles are there. And while you're online, please share an episode of this podcast with a friend. We would love to see this podcast get into as many hands and ears as possible. And as always, tune in next week for a brand new episode from this show. But until then, God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.